Whenever you were young, like real small, or when you're raising your children, do you remember falling down and getting a boo-boo, right? And、um, your parents scoops you up, or you scoop up your child, and you know tears running down your face, and、um, and you hear those words, "It's it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right." And sure enough,、um, you know. You put on a little ointment and a bandaid, and a couple days later, or a couple weeks later, that wound has been healed. And the words of our parents have come true. The promise that we're going to be all right, and that's from human beings, because they know the process, they know the body, they know. It takes time. I remember when I was a kid, you know, about this high, and we were visiting my grandmother's house in German Village, and and、um, I went back out to the car to get something, and、uh, I went to close the door, and I I closed the door like this, with my thumb inside the door, and so when I slammed it shut, my door, my thumb was caught in between the door and the car, and I turned around, and my Ah! You know, because it's there and it's hurt, and the door is locked, right? So I'm just screaming out bloody murder, you know, throughout the, throughout the street, just calling for my mom and my dad to come out. Finally, one of them comes out running out, and and they they unlock the door, and and you know they take me to the emergency room, and I broke my thumb, and it took longer than. Two weeks. It took maybe a month with a, you know, some sort of splint on my thumb. But they said to me, "It's going to be all right," because they knew that the process. They knew it takes time, and they knew that the body can heal. I bring this up as an example that. Everything takes time. Everything has a process, and we have to entrust ourselves to that time and that process. And everything comes about in the fullness of time, even if we don't understand the mystery of time, space, God, humanity, finiteness, and infinite. We don't have to understand all that in order to give ourselves over to that, ourselves and our loved ones. We make promises, and we know that they can be kept. How much more does the promise of God able to be kept, and not just in our lifetime, but for all of eternity? And I think when we think in these terms, then we we can understand our first reading from the book of Revelation, where John is in this very privileged position. Saint John, the Apostle John, it's towards the end of his life. He he doesn't have long in earthly terms. He is being given revelation. And he's going to write that down, which is the book of Revelation. 
And in the beginning of that, he, he's looking into the heavenly throne room. And he's able to see something of heaven. And indeed, there are many things that are mysterious even to him. And a lot of the language, for instance, is very symbolic, reaching back into the Old Testament and going beyond that into the future, our future. But when John sees these people who are clothed in white robes, he asks one of the heavenly creatures, who, what is this? And the creature responds, these are the ones who have washed themselves in the blood of the Lamb. Now that seems kind of counterintuitive to us. If you wash yourself in the blood of the Lamb, of the Son of God, you would be red. But that's not the case. Christ's blood washes away the stain of our sins. So what remains is our redeemed state, the way we were always created to be. And these are the holy ones, what we call the saints, who are in heaven, who have been redeemed through the blood of the Lamb. And indeed, what Jesus teaches us about through the Gospels, through the New Testament, throughout the centuries of the church, passing on the truths of Jesus' teachings from generation to generation comes true. Everything is going to be all right in the end. And without end, everything will be all right. Because our loved ones, we commend to the Lord in His mercy to be with Him forever in heaven where indeed all things, all matter of things will be well. That's God's promise to us. But as I mentioned, the process of getting there is indeed a process. And it takes time, as does everything, and it takes our participation. Like for instance, our next holiday is gonna be Thanksgiving. And if we arrived on Thanksgiving table, we expect that there's going to be a turkey there or some sort of food and that that has been prepared and cooked and is edible. That turkey takes time and there's a process, there's a recipe. And whoever's cooking knows to follow that and trusts to follow that and follows that and feeds many people. I just had mass with all the kids this morning. I used the example of math. When our kids come to us in preschool, they don't know math. But grade after grade, through elementary and through middle school, they come to know math. Why? Because they apply themselves to it. They're being taught by others. There's a process. It takes time. And they commit themselves to that. And when they do, then year over year, they're not only able to know math, they can pass an exam, they can learn it, they can live it, and they can take that math and do all kinds of things with it throughout their lives, like 
find a career. So everything has a time. Everything has a process. And we have to trust ourselves to that, like a kid does to math, or a man or a woman does to Thanksgiving meal. Or as Jesus just gave us in today's gospel reading from Matthew 5, what we call the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes. As you know, the word Beatitude is taken from these lines that Jesus says, blessed are you who are poor in spirit, blessed are you who are peacemakers, blessed are you who are merciful, and so on. The blessed is beatitude. We hear them in English, but they come to us through Hebrew, and they mean this, happy. Happy are you. Happy are you if you choose the way of peace over revenge. If you choose the way of mercy over wanting that person to be smited with the justice of God. Blessed are you, happy are you, if you are a person that um, is meek and able to put yourself under God that is humble. Blessed are you, he even says, you who mourn. Blessed are you. And blessed are you, he says, when others come against you and persecute you and even utter all kinds of lies against you because of your belief in me. Rejoice. The kingdom of heaven is yours. So beatitude, blessed, means holy and happy are you. Now, when we put all this together, what this means is that just like a kid that has to go through the pains of learning math year after year after year, or a family has the pleasure but also the labor of love to put together a a turkey dinner, and any other kinds of things that take a lot of work, a lot of love, a lot of time, and a process to it. We have to commit ourselves to it. And what Jesus is saying is that when we commit ourselves to the way of the Beatitudes, then we become blessed. It's interesting, in Greek, blessed also means holy. So in Hebrew it means happy. In Greek it means holy. So Jesus is saying, if you trust me, I'm going to give you the formula to live your life. I'm going to give you the process that I'll ask you to commit yourself to and to entrust yourself under my care. It's going to take time. It will be a labor of love. I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but what I am saying is this, is that At the end of life, you will be both blessed, holy, and happy with me forever. And that's the saints. And that's who we celebrate. That's where we gather on an evening like today 
And we celebrate all the saints who have gone before us, who John sees, and, and then we as Catholics are blessed to know all these lives of the saints who have left, left, left us their testimony, their witness, their autobiographies or biographies of others. We've learned that the life of a saint isn't always easy, but it ends up in heaven where we are a thousand times happier with God and forever than we ever were here and now. I want you to close your eyes for a second. Everyone just close your eyes. And many of you are here too because we're commending our loved ones to the Lord who have died this past year. We're commending our own hearts that are wounded and hurt and miss them, right? And we're commending ourselves again to the way of faith. So what I want you to do is I want you to think about one of the happiest times that you had with this loved one who has passed. One of the happiest times you had in this life with him or her or someone else. Just take a moment to gather that memory. Okay, open your eyes. Friends, that happiness that you just remembered, a thousand times greater will you experience happiness in heaven. And it's, it's, it's not a thousand, it's far more than that, right? Far more than your mind could ever possibly conceive that you could be happy with God forever in heaven, with him and all who dwell in him, including our loved ones. And that, that is worth living the Beatitudes for. That is worth believing and trusting in God's promises, far more than the promises that you made to your loved ones or they made to you. Is God capable of keeping this promise? That you could be blessed forever, holy forever with him, and equally happy forever with him and them forever. And he just simply gives us a simple way. Follow his way. And his way can be difficult when we're mourning. His way can be difficult when we want to blame him. His way can be difficult when we want not to step into a church because it's too painful because it reminds us of that funeral mass. Well, we just get caught up again in the busyness of our lives as a way to forget. We don't want to forget. Not just them and God, but His way to deal with our pain rather than our way.
the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes are God's promise to us that if we put ourselves under his way, it's going to take time. There is a process. It is a labor of love. It takes work on our part. But here's the deal. What it, God offers us is not just that promise of being with him blessed and holy and happy for all of eternity. It's also his promise to us that he will walk with us from day to day to week to week to month to month to year to year. You see, the Beatitudes are not just reward for living according to God's way. They are the way to live our lives here and now. Certainly with Christ, they will usher us to heaven, but also they will help us to experience heaven as we walk from day to day. Experience God's hope again, his strength, his consolations, his perseverance, his love of us, and a host of other blessings that he can offer us to restore us, to free us, to help us to know happiness again and wholeness and the hope of one day seeing our loved ones and countless others who dwell in the presence of the Lamb of God and now live the way God always created them to be and then be with them one day again. That, my friends, is worth living for.